Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in week after week. I love you guys for all your support. It's been fantastic. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Siegfried & Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, Veracity Networks, and iHill Institute. You guys are amazing to believe in me to support this cause. I'd like to thank all our previous guests. You guys are fantastic. Um, I've had some amazing people on this show, and today is going to be no different. You guys are going to love this guy's story. His name is Stephen Campolo. Stephen, thank you for joining us today. Todd, thank you so much for having me, man. I was really looking forward to it. Yeah. So a little background. Um, Stephen is a former fat kid turned weight loss expert, <laughs> fitness author. Uh, he has a book out right now called The 77 Laws of the Six-Pack Abs. Uh, he's um, a personal strength and nutrition coach to celebrities and some of the top CEOs in the country. He's helped thousands of men and women all over the world achieve their best body ever. And he's not stopping. You know, it's like, and one thing I love about uh, Stephen is his mindset and the way he carries himself. He has a bunch of clients, quote unquote clients, but he doesn't like to call them clients. He wants success stories. He wants a hell yes, not a hell no. I mean, the list goes on. He's also known for saying, God can't direct your steps if you're not moving. So let's get moving. And so, Stephen, thank you for being here. And uh, why don't we start off? Tell us where you grew up and tell us a little bit about your childhood. Sure. Yeah. So I was um, actually born and raised on Long Island, New York. So oh, wow. Called, called West Islip. Um, you know, yeah, I, I uh, you know, grew up there. Um, and I ended up moving down to Florida when I was about 15 years old with my family. My dad sold his business and we, we headed south down to uh, Naples, Florida, where I, I currently am. Okay. But yeah, New York was great. You know, I had a great, great upbringing. Um, all my family was there, you know, my, my aunts, my cousins, you know, we were all very close, grew up in an Italian home. So, you know, every Sunday we got to <laughs> see, you know, just hang out with each other, my grandma, you know, my aunts, my cousins, it was, you know, just everything was, was always revolving around food, right? Just, it's just part of the culture. Yeah, right. So from, a, from a very early age, you know, that's really just what I knew, you know, uh, get together with people, have social events, it's, you know, it's, it's just part of, of everything we do. There's always food. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, when you're younger, you don't realize how that's going to affect, you know, affect you as you get older and as you start to gain weight. And, you know, when it comes to school and girls and bullying and, you know, there's a cascading of events that also uh, happens, you know, when when you start to put on weight. But again, when you're a kid, you don't realize that you're getting, you know, that that the weight's kind of uh, packing yeah. on. Right. So, you know, by yeah. the time I was like 10, 11, 12, you know, I was, you know, probably 80 to hundred pounds overweight, um, wow. you know, and, and it just made the road that much more difficult, especially being a kid, you know, kids, kids are pretty, <laughs> can be pretty mean and, and yeah. pretty, pretty heartless. So, yeah. Um, so, so at 10 years old, obviously you're, you're saying you're, you know, almost 80 to hundred pounds overweight at that point, even did, yeah. Were you really self-conscious about it too? Were you like nervous to go to school? Did you, I mean, how did that play on your, like your psyche as you're going through this? You know, it's funny in, in New York, you know, we have winter time. So I would always wear like, you know, I would love winter time because I would always wear like baggy clothes, you know, baggy sweatshirts, um, um, jackets, you know, things like that. So 
I and it's funny. I thought I was hiding my weight, right? I I thought <laughs> if I wore a sweatshirt or a jacket, yeah. no one would know I was fat. But so I was kind of able to somewhat hide behind, you know, like the clothes I would wear. Um, but like my birthdays in the summertime, you know, and my friends over, have the kids over. And I remember just always being like terrified or mortified to, you know, take my shirt off. I would, I, I was the guy that would wear his shirt, you know, to the beach or in the pool. Oh. Yeah. So, so I was always hiding behind just, you know, bigger clothes. Like I would, I would always try to hide my body. I knew I was fat. I knew I was big, but it wasn't as, you know, as, as a parent to me, as I started getting older, started getting into high school, wanted to, you know, play sports. I loved baseball, but then I started realizing, well, in high school, you can't just join the team. You have to try out for the team, right? So you have to have a certain right. skill level. You have to actually have the attributes to, to be a good player. Whereas before I was a good player, but I was, again, I was fat, right? So yeah. I could run as fast as, as the other kid. I didn't have the athletic abilities like the other kids had. Um, so it was holding me back in some ways, but it, it wasn't, you know, such um, so, so debilitating to where I did something about it just yet. And it wasn't yeah. until I started going into high school that I you know, started going through puberty, um, started becoming yeah. interested in the opposite sex. So I'm like, all right, obviously the girls aren't interested in, in the fat guy. So something, something has to change here. And that was kind of the catalyst for what made me decide to, to do something. Oh, gotcha. You know, I, I want to ask even a more, maybe even a more deeper vulnerable question, because I think our listeners will really appreciate this. You know, as a kid, you're going through this, you know, and you're trying to hide yourself behind your clothes and that kind of thing. When you were alone, like let's say you're in your room and you're just in your own head, were, did you feel were you were you, were you feeling sad or depressed? Uh, did you find yourself kind of beating yourself up a little bit? I mean, can you kind of you know go back to that point and what was going on? Yeah, I mean, honestly, no. Like I never had yeah. depression from it. I mean, yeah, maybe there were times where like a kid would would pick on me or bully me at school, but I was also the the kind of kid that was like ready to throw down. You know, if you made fun of me. <laughs> I was ready to say, Hey dude, like, let's, you know, let's go behind the school and fight too. So I wasn't okay. like just someone that kind of cowered to bullies either. Um, but again, you know, there were definitely times where, you know, I would, I would think about it and I would be, you know, down on myself for it. But mm -hmm. you know, again, like I, I grew up in a great family home, my parents, you know, my brother and sisters, like I, I just was always surrounded by family and love and I had some friends too. So okay. it was never something that really weighed heavily on me until you know, again, until I got a little bit older. And when I was in that 14, 15 year old range that I realized being overweight comes with some serious implications as far as dating and sports and actually, you know, making some moves and getting ahead, you know, cause at, at that age, you're kind of becoming an adult, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're no longer a child to where you could just, you know, be overweight and not really care about it as you get yeah. older. Now there's consequences associated with being, being, being the fat guy. So I started to realize that. And again, that's what made me you know, say, okay, like, I think it's time to do something about this. And when I was about 14, 15 years old, um, again, there was a girl I had a crush on and I knew that the only way I was going to, you know, have a chance is, is to start losing weight. So it was new year's. I think it was like 2003. Um, okay. I just started running every night, you know, it's freezing cold in New York. And I, <laughs> I, I, I bundled up, I put my sweatshirt on, put my jacket on and I would run it felt like it was 10 miles, but in all reality, it was probably half a mile, but I was so out of breath and, you know, so out of shape that, um, you know, it just took everything out of me, but I continued to do it night after night. I would, you know, just eat chicken and broccoli. I, I cleaned up my diet best I could. And keep in mind, I had no knowledge or no education around what right. I was doing. 
because this is again 2003 pre-social media pre i don't know if, i don't even know if google was around back then <laughs> right there, there wasn't the information accessible like we have today so yeah you know i would watch rocky movies i'm like oh well rocky you know he runs when he's getting ready for a fight or you know these guys eat chicken and broccoli when they're trying to lose weight it must work and that's that's kind of what i did to lose the first you know like 50 ish or or so pounds so so as you're doing this and you're noticing the pounds coming off did you did you feel like a sense of like motivation did it, did it kind of like pick your spirits up a little bit going man this is working yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was super encouraging. The problem is this, and this is like, this is what I, I really try to tell people is, you know, when you're overweight for your entire life, you, your, your entire identity is wrapped up in your weight, right? I mean, for, for yeah. most people, how they look, that becomes their identity. So for me, even though the weight was coming off and I was starting to see a different person in the mirror and people were commenting and complimenting me and, you know, um, encouraging me, I still always felt like the, the fat guy. Right. Okay. So it was really hard for me to accept like compliments or really hard for me to, you know, just feel good about myself because I had only associated with being someone out of, you know, out of shape or overweight for again, my entire life. So this is why too, like, you know, being, being cognizant and being conscious of what your identity is wrapped up in, if it is how you look. And again, for most people, it is, if they're being completely honest with themselves, like that can yeah. be very, very dangerous because yeah. even if you get in shape, you know, then what happens as we get older or as we age or as we get out of shape? Yeah. Like it's a very dangerous position to be in, to have your entire identity wrapped up and you know um, who you are with how you right. look. So that's one thing I realized that even though I lost the weight and I looked, you know, I looked more attractive, I looked better. My, I, I, I still had an old mindset and an old identity, yeah. which was, you know, wasn't, wasn't very um, helpful. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's a great point and very well said, Stephen. I think, um, you also mentioned you, you know, and we can laugh at it, but it's really you, you, there was this girl you had a crush on, which gave you purpose. It gave you like, Hey, I've got a reason why I want to do this now. You know, sports was part of it as well, but how, how important is having a purpose in the transformation process? Do you think? I think it's one of the, I mean, listen, I always say this, right. When you decide to get in shape or when you decide to lose weight or you want to look better or get healthier, there has to be some type of catalyst for change because if you have just someone tell you, Hey man, like you should lose weight. Oftentimes it's probably going to push you in the other direction. Like when I was younger, yeah. my parents would, you know, kind of say here and there, Hey, you know, like you should try to eat a little bit less or try to move, you know, just try to get a yeah. little healthier. And, you know, they never hurt my feelings in any way. They, they loved me and they cared about me and they knew that I was sure. living unhealthy. But when people would tell me that, if anything, I was like, dude, screw that. Like I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm, I'm not right. going to change because someone wants me to change. Um, but again, like for me, the catalyst was, I, I wanted to impress a girl for some people, you know, like that, I, I think having, having some, something on the calendar is, is so critical to giving yourself a deadline to where it's like, you know what, by January 1st or by March 1st or, you know, April 1st, like I'm going to, I'm going to weigh this amount, or I work with a lot of people that are getting ready for a wedding. I think right now I have like four clients, so I'm, I'm helping them get ready for their upcoming wedding. All right. So, on. The fact that they have that coming up, it, it, it motivates them because it's they're, yeah. they're going to have those photos for the rest of their life, right? So they want to they want to look good. Um, so you know, everyone has that one thing that might just be the catalyst mm -hmm. for their change. Maybe a negative yeah. health report, right? Like maybe yeah. being told that you're on the borderline of having diabetes or being pre-diabetic. I have a lot of those clients too, where they went to the doctor one day, they thought they were okay, and now you know they 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 got a negative health report 
And now they're being forced to deal with their health or and deal with their weight. So again, you know, there has to be some type of catalyst for change because most of the time, if there isn't, you're just going to be sedentary and stuck in your ways and stuck in your old habits and breaking that cycle is really, really difficult. Yeah. Well, so you lose this weight, you've been running, you're doing those things. Were you, did, were you able to keep it off or did you kind of go back and forth because of the mindset? Like you started struggling with weight again, or how did that play out for you? Yeah. So I actually did keep it off, but if, if anything, it, it kind of motivated me to keep it going because now okay. what had happened was I had lost a lot of weight pretty quickly. So now I went from being fat to having like a lot of loose skin, right. Which was still very unattractive. So I still wasn't yeah. confident in, in how I looked. Yeah. So I started joining a gym. I started buying, you know, all the muscle magazines and started reading up on how to build muscle and how to build yeah. my body. Cause again, you know, being that 14, 15, 16 year old boy, you want to be like the alpha alpha male, right? You want to yeah. dominate in sports. You want to, you know, be strong and be tough. And that's what I wanted at that point in my life. So I started training with weights and learning, you know, how the body worked and started to build muscle. And then I became obsessed with that part of the transformation. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is really cool. Like I have the power to actually change, change my body and build muscle. And, you know, th this was about the time when my family moved down to Florida. Um, you know, I, I was halfway through high school and I was completely obsessed at this point, like obsessed with just going to the gym, obsessed with working out, obsessed with bodybuilding. Yeah. And my dad actually knew the owner um, of a gold's gym in Florida. And he asked him, he's like, Hey, he's like, my son, you know, loves, loves, uh, uh, lifting weights. He's like, do you have a job for him? He's like, yeah. So I started, I was a cleaning boy at gold's gym when I was like 15, 16 <laughs> years old. So after high school, I would go nice. to the gym every day. And I loved it, man. Like, even though I was, you know, scrubbing floors, like I just couldn't get enough of it because I was in the atmosphere. I was yeah. getting to talk to people and getting to talk to the personal trainers and the bodybuilders. And, you know, they were kind of giving me advice and tips. So it was a really cool experience. Wow. That's neat, man. That's again, I, I love how you said it just started creating this uh, desire to, to continue to transform form yourself. And, yeah. you know, you're now working with, you know, you work with high level clients at times, you know, like celebrities, top CEOs in all of your, you know, experience in this, now that you're where you're at now, what are, what are the, like maybe the top things that hold people back from ever changing? Like, what do you see that clients are wrestling with? Gosh, that's a really, really good question. And I, you know, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, it's so different for everyone. Right. Um, I think a lot of times, like it's people just have to be somewhat in, in, in internally motivated too, right? Because like one thing I've noticed is like when I work with high performing businessmen, it's very easy for them to, you know, for, for me to coach them because they're already a high performer in one area of their life. So they can kind of just translate that into their health and fitness, right? Yeah. They're very disciplined already. Now taking someone that has never had that discipline before and instilling that in them, like those people, it's, it's just going to take some time. And that's really where like the mindset stuff comes in. And yeah. really trying to, I almost say like, you have to fake it until you make it right. Like think mm -hmm. of yourself as being fit before you even get there, because gotcha. you have to almost think like, okay, what would the fit version of me do? Right. Even if you're a hundred pounds overweight, you have like to start living out saying, Hey, like what would the, you know, what would be um, the highest version of me do right now? Right. And almost start living into that life until it becomes your reality. I mean, getting those, you know, those, those uh, traits in like, you know, getting to the gym a few days a week or even going for a walk or riding your bike, just setting non-negotiables for yourself, 
you know, four to five days a week of exercise, you know, eating healthier, making healthier food choices. You have to start living that out long before you ever look the way you want to look or get to where you want to be. Right. Because yeah. if not, again, like if your identity is so wrapped up in who you are right now, then every time you fail or fall short or self-sabotage, which is what I did, you know, many, many yeah. times, yeah. then you just kind of give yourself a free, you know, a free pass because like, well, I'm a fat guy anyway. This is, this is what I do. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, but yeah. again, when you give yourself um, or, or start seeing yourself as a different individual, like that's really, that's really how you get to the next level. So it sounds like not only do you help them transform their body, uh, you help them transform their mindset and the way they yeah. think and help them actually change that identity. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that's sometimes probably more difficult than actually getting them in shape. <laughs> right. I I mean, listen, I, I, I always say this, like changing them, uh, getting in the right state of mind is 95% of the battle. If you can get yeah. in the right state of mind, the physical stuff, the eating healthy and the working out, that's almost the easy part, right? But getting yeah. your mindset in the right state, um, shifting your perspective to those things, because think about it, like we're, we're, we're programmed from the times, you know, from, from the time we're a kid one way, and now you decide to make a change, let's say you're 20 years old or 30 or 40 or 50, that's not easy, right? Because you have that old, that old programming there. So now it's like you're almost, you know, you have to rewire yourself and rewire your brain and reprogram yourself in order to achieve a certain goal that you've never achieved before. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot, again, there's a lot involved with the mind. And, you know, again, this is something I, I've really struggled with myself. Like, this is why when I talk about fitness, the first thing I always talk about is mindset, because again, without yeah. a you can't live a strong life with a weak mind. Right. Um, yeah, so like that. that's, that's why it's really one of the first things that has to be looked at and it will take time. It's not going to happen overnight, you know? Yeah. Well, so let me ask you this then. What does a day look like for you? Like, what do you do like to help your mindset? Like what, what does your day look like for you? Like, what are you, what are you doing? What are the tasks you're doing to help keep your mindset strong? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I go through daily affirmations every day. And I'll be honest, some days I don't feel like I don't feel what I'm saying, you know, like, <laughs> like my goal is to be, you know, I mean, a, a, a best-selling author, which, you know, it's really cool that, that our, our new book hit the Amazon bestseller last week, but I was telling myself every day, Hey, you're a best-selling author. You're, you know, but I didn't yeah. like, if I'm being completely honest, I yeah. would say it, but it was almost like empty words. I mean, I would try to believe it. I would try to, you know, have faith that it would happen. But a lot of times, like, like I said, I hate using the word fake it till you make it, but that really is sometimes what you have to do. Like if you want to be successful, if you want to have, you know, um, yeah. have wealth, if you want to have health, you have to speak it out into existence before it actually manifests itself physically. Right. Love um, that. And again, being a man of faith, maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's easy for me to kind of relate the two. Right. But yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's really hard when people are just going through a lot of crap in their lives, man. I mean, let's face it. We, we're all going through the human experience together. I mean, relationships, yeah. divorce, breakups, financial troubles. Right now we're living in a time that is unprecedented with the virus happening, right? So people are losing their jobs. They're losing their businesses. I mean, dude, there's so much that impacts our, our mental health every single day. It's just nonstop, yeah. even for me. And, you know, thank God yeah. I'm, I'm okay right now. But even yeah. for myself, I, I'm, I'm susceptible to just getting in like a negative mindset or just, and sometimes I just have to take a step back and be like, dude, why are you, why are you feeling this right now? Why are you, why do you have anxiety? Why are you stressed? Why are you worried? Why are you fearful? Yeah. And just realize, you know what, like 
none of those things is, is, you know, is, is what God has for you. Um, you know, so you have to speak out who you are, speak out what you want and speak out yeah. and just speak it into existence every day until, until it happens. Well, I love that. So you believe, you believe we're manifestors. I do. Now keep in mind though, right. I don't believe that you can just sit back on the couch and manifest your dream life. I mean, right. you have to, you have to get your button gear and get to work too. Yeah. Um, this is why, you know, what kind of what you quoted before, like God can't direct you if, if, if your feet aren't moving. So yeah, every yeah. time I pray, every time I say a positive affirmation, every time I speak something into existence, right behind that prayer, I'm taking some form of action, right? Because yeah. again, you know, you, you, you can't just sit back and get everything you want in life. I mean, I know the book and the movie, the secret kind of made people believe that, that you could just wish for it. And <laughs> yeah, it's right. go up. But I mean, it's just not possible. Yeah. I mean, now I do believe that God will open the right doors for you. Once you do get moving and do start taking action, if you even don't have the exact blueprint or the exact plan you need, which was the case for me, like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I started, you know, started my fitness journey or started online <laughs> yeah. coaching, but you know, I was just obedient. I started, you know, I, I believe God would direct me in the right places and he brought the right people into my life. And here we are. Right. So, yeah. but, but you just have to move. Like you just have to yeah. have faith in the beginning, which is the hardest part. Start moving your feet. And, you know, um, like God, God will direct you. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you've heard this, I know, but faith without works is dead. Yeah. So faith with works must be alive. Right. So yeah. the opposite is life. So you call you said you're a man of faith. How has faith played a part in your journey here? I mean, obviously you probably were, you know, you probably grew up in your family where they probably helped you along that yeah. road. So how's that played a part? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in church right now. Growing up in church is one thing, but actually believing it and making it your own is completely yeah. different too, right? So my parents did, you know, did direct me and 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 point me in the right direction. And seeing how my parents lived out their faith, and you know, my mom was just strong, strong Christian woman. Um, she went through, you know, a a battle with cancer about six years ago, mm. which really changed my life, changed my entire family's life. And I saw a 52 year old woman who, you know, loved Jesus, was always at church. Uh, give, you know, the doctor gave her a year to live. So, you know, seeing that, that makes things very real. That makes faith very real. That makes prayer very real. And it almost, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's, let's see how strong this faith is. Right. And my mom just doubled down. Like she never let a bad medical report affect her. She never let any negative diagnosis affect her mindset. I mean, she was just a strong, strong spirit filled woman and seeing her battle, seeing her go through treatment for a year and a half, and then ultimately, yeah. you know, succumbing to, you know, mm -hmm. to the cancer. But nonetheless, I mean, ever, even when she took her last breath, it's like, you know, Jesus was on her lips, right? Which yeah. wow. um, for me, it, it, it did kind of make me angry and made me kind of resentful um, of God and, and of my faith. But that was only short lived because then I realized I'm like, you know what? I'm, I don't know what the purpose for this was. And, you know, I might not ever know, hopefully one day, you know, when, yeah. when, when we're, we're reunited, but it's, it's selfish of me to be resentful of, you know, of, of a faith that my mom lived for of something that, you know, God, God has some type of crazy plan. I don't know what it is. Oftentimes we have to live our lives looking backwards and see how things were orchestrated and why, you know, we have to go through certain pain and sickness and, you know, just, um, I mean, life is painful, dude. Like it, it just yeah. is, but it, it's through that pain that we become ultimately who we're meant to be and we could help other people and impact lives. I mean, you know, 
I've been able to help a lot of people that are struggling with their weight right now because I struggled with my weight before, right? If I was never fat, if I was never unhealthy and out of shape, yeah. I wouldn't be able to help people and impact lives right now yeah. too, right? Wow. I mean, and, and even people with cancer, like I've, I've talked to so many people with diagnosed with cancer and sickness and illness and just to be able to, you know, pray with them or have a positive conversation with them and just, you know, relate to them and their struggle, like, it's really powerful, man. Community and, and, and yeah. all of that, just, it, it's, it's such a powerful thing for people. Cause today, again, there's a lot of hopelessness. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of like, just, um, there's a lot of evil in the world, you know? Yeah. So, um, have just having someone that could just be an ear to listen to you or just, you know, give you a word of encouragement. Like for a lot of people, man, that goes a long, long, long way. And I think like even people that, that, you know, that commits suicide. I truly think the biggest difference for someone, you know, uh, not taking their own life would just be one little word of encouragement that day or a mm -hmm. smile or for sure. just a little compliment, you know? So, um, yeah. Well, that's why I do this, uh, belief cast Stephen is, is your words are going to help someone today just by hearing that. And that was so beautifully said, and, and I'm sorry for what happened to your mom and, um, rightfully so I can understand at the time you were, you know, maybe at times resentful and who wouldn't be, you know? And so, but I do respect how you've turned that around. And obviously your mom was a great example to you and her, you know, just, just you telling me those words. I mean, it touched my heart. I was like, wow, you know, it, it really helped me just hearing that. So thank you for sharing that. Wow. So good. Well, so tell us what you're doing now. I mean, you know, you're a personal trainer, you're, you're, you're an author. Um, what else do you got going on and tell us just all these, you know, new exciting things that you're working on. Yeah. So, so I am a full-time online coach, so I don't do any personal training in person anymore. Okay. I, I, I was doing that, but now I, I've transitioned to being fully online now for okay. about the past three years. So mm. and this allows me just to help more people at once too, because you know, yeah. when you're a personal trainer, time, you know, your, your, your time is money, right? So you yeah. can only really help so many people in, in a given day. Whereas online, I'm able to actually, you know, scale upwards and really help more people and then have more impact, which is really what my passion is. But I mean, just to get down to it, you know, I, I think the reason why people are able to relate to me and my story so much is because like, I wasn't the guy that was born with six pack abs. You know, we're all on social media today. We're all on Facebook and Instagram. We all see these people that look amazing these ladies in bikinis that have incredible bodies and the yeah. guys with, you know, 12 pack abs. And the reason why I even started my online, uh, you know, page and my Instagram and my Facebook was just because I felt like I could have something to offer and I could actually be real and be open and honest with my own personal, you know, my own personal struggle with my weight and how I overcame it and all the struggles associated with it too, because, you know, in, like just being insecure. And even until today, I still struggle with insecurities. I still struggle with confidence issues. I still struggle with mindset issues. You know, these are things that just don't go away when you get in shape or if you look a certain way. Um, I think a lot of times the people you see that are in the best shape that seem like they have it all together are the ones yeah. that are the most broken, but they hide behind, you know, yeah. they, they hide behind a certain body or a certain physique or, you know, um, like this is a struggle. You know, I mean, nothing, nothing is, is, um, nothing is easy. Nothing is, is, is rarely what it seems. Right. So yeah, just kind of giving sure. people hope and, and just, um, being able to relate to people and the struggles and the, and the food addictions and the food struggles and, mm -hmm. you know, having the eating disorders. I mean, 
it's been a long road to where I am now. And it's it's been very refreshing to be able to just be open and honest with people and not really care, you know, what, 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 what people think or what people say. Um, It's been really refreshing. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, again, like I said, I love the way you live your life. I know, you, you know, I know you don't live a perfect life. I know your life isn't perfect, but I just love that how you took the, you know, the, the challenge as a kid and, and you, even into adulthood of being overweight and having that identity and then working hard on changing that. I did, I think that's the message I love the most is, and you're right, it's never perfect. And you wrestled with it. You even mentioned that. And I think, you know, life happens for us. I really do. You wouldn't be helping people had you not gone through that, like you mentioned earlier. So I really do believe life happens for us. And I believe that's why you're doing what you're doing and why people, like you said, can relate to you. It's, it's really inspiring to watch from a distance even. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, per, like I always say perfection does not exist. Right. I mean, right. if you could just make more good choices than bad choices, if you could try to be consistent 80% of the time, you know, with making the right food choices, with getting your butt to the gym, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be successful. But again, just because you don't feel like getting to the gym one morning or eating healthy, that doesn't make you, you know, someone that can't do it. Because I could tell you there are, are mo- most mornings when I pull into the gym parking lot, I would much rather leave, go home and make <laughs> pancakes, right? And that struggle <laughs> is always going to be there. But I have to give myself a motivational pep talk to get through it, to get in there, get my workout done and make the right decision. So if you have those thoughts or feel that way, like you're normal, we're all, yeah. we're all human. We're all, we're all, we're all just people. Right. So yeah. Um, but if you could just, again, make, make more good decisions than bad decisions, if you could be consistent 80% of the time and stop focusing on perfection, like you're, you're going to get to where you want to be. I love it. Great advice. Well, a question I want to ask is if there's someone listening to you right now, Stephen, who's struggling, who's in a, maybe a dark place, you've already given some great advice, but if they're one person right now that's hearing this and they're struggling and they don't it might not even be with weight. It might be something completely different, but what, what's something you would tell them right now? I think giving yourself some type of purpose is the biggest difference for almost everyone. At least when I look at my life in the times where I felt down or sad or depressed and I felt just like, I didn't know what direction I needed to go in. As long as I gave myself some type of purpose or some type of short-term goal to reach, I felt like, okay, if I could just reach this goal, regardless of how small it was, it would give me hope to get to the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing, right? But I think the reason why a lot of people, they just feel like a lack of hope or they feel depressed or down is because they feel like there's no sense of purpose. And as people, we have to have some some sense of purpose. I mean, your purpose is going to be different than my purpose and someone else's purpose, right? Some like... Some ladies, maybe their purpose is to be a great mom. Like my mom, she, you know, she was a stay at home full-time mom. Like that's what, that, that's what God had, had her in that place to be an amazing mom to four children. And, you know, now I'm able to go out and help more people and who knows who, whose lives, you know, I might impact or, or, yeah. or, or you might impact. Right. So we, again, you, you kind of have to live your life looking backwards. You never know how, how your life is going to, going to impact someone else, but even just thinking of other people, you know, that, um, you know, cause a lot of times like God is calling you to do something, um, and have an yeah. impact in other people's lives that you've never even met before and you might not ever meet. Right. But yeah. again, that's not for you to figure out. So just have some types, some type of goal, regardless of how small it is. Maybe it's just, you know, 
even if it's not fitness related, just maybe it's, it's, it's so hard to say, but just taking one little baby step will lead to the next step and then the next step and the next step. And before you know, you're running and then, you know, you're, you're, you're in full alignment with who you need to be. But again, the biggest thing is you got to get moving. You can't sit there and, and pray and hope and wish for just, you know, something to happen if you're not moving. Like you, you, you got to do something as hard as it is, as painful as it might be, as much as you're hurting and as bad as the situation is, if you could muster up the strength to take that first step, you'll be able to take the next step and then the next step. And yeah. the next step. Love it. Love it, Stephen. Thank you so much for sharing that. If people want to reach out to you and they want to, you know, maybe get, use your coaching services or, you know, buy your book, you know, follow you, all that stuff. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, the best way is just uh, on on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. Okay. My, my Instagram name is Stephen with a P H S T E P H E N. Then it's uh, Campolo, C A M P O L O. So at Stephen Campolo. I do answer all my messages within 24 hours. So if you want to get in direct yeah. touch with me, if you have a question, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to help. So you can just shoot me a message there and then I can provide you with any resources you might need. You know, if you're interested in the book or you know, have a question about your own fitness journey or, or, or whatever that is. Love it. Thank you so much. Well, Steven, thank you so much for taking some time with me today to share your story. And uh, you know, again, for being a light in this world uh, who we can all kind of look up to. I know, Again, like you said, we're all going through something, but it is fun. It's great to, to rub shoulders with someone like you who has been there and is working through things. And it just inspires me personally. I'm saying this for me to be better and to have a stronger mindset and to help other people like you're doing. So thank you so much for just everything that you're doing. I really appreciate all you do. That means a lot, man. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super glad we connected and hopefully we'll be able to do it again in the near future. Absolutely. Well, there you go, folks. I told you it was going to be an amazing uh, guest again, Stephen Campolo. Please follow him on Instagram. Check out what he's doing. It really is inspiring. Again, if you're struggling with anything, even if it's not just weight, if it's identity, if it's, you know, you know, just the belief you don't feel like you're good enough or you can't fit in, you know, Stephen's one of those guys that you can kind of latch your, you know, uh, your thoughts to and to follow and to, to be inspired by. So thank you for tuning in. And again, Stephen, one last time, thank you so much for all you do. And thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Doug. All right, guys, until next time.